we are the person inflicting the trauma on ourselves. We are our own abuser and you have to love yourself. And we hear that all the time, like self-love and take care of you. But truly, like, what is the narrative going on in your head? That is how you're loving yourself or not. Hello, my love, and welcome to the Boldly Courageous podcast. My name is Melissa Martin. I am a business and embodiment coach and creator of the Boldly Courageous community. Just like you, I've walked through some dark seasons in life, and I know what it's like to start over again and write a new story. This podcast is here to activate you, to show you what's possible when you embody your power and walk with courage and fear in the pursuit of what sets your soul on fire. Each week, you will hear authentic conversations with thought leaders and visionaries as we dive deep into topics such as spirituality, business, money, relationships, sexuality, and so much more so that you can fully embody your boldly courageous self. Are you ready? Let's drop in. Hey, real quick before we dive into the episode, I need to let you know about something really, really special to me. So if you're anything like me and you've had this calling on your heart to start a podcast, but you have no idea where to start, I want to introduce you to the incredible team that I have worked with literally from day one of launching Boldly Courageous over at Podcast Co. They have just released a self-paced course called Launch Your Fucking Podcast. This program will literally take you through step-by-step step of launching your podcast from start to finish. You will learn everything about how to create and find the foundation and mission of your podcast, how to come up with the perfect name, get super clear on your audience and the structure of your show. Also, you will learn how to record, how to produce, how to edit, and also hosting music, creating the perfect cover and building a successful launch strategy. Basically, by the end of the program, you will have launched a podcast that feels authentic authentic and expansive to you, labeling you as the expert that is ready to impact and grow your audience in whatever phase of life they may be at. So all you have to do is go to the link in the show notes, use code boldly courageous at checkout, and you will get a hundred dollars off the launch your fucking podcast course. So now let's jump into the episode. Welcome back to the Boldly Courageous Podcast. As always, it is such an honor that you are here with me today. And this conversation, buckle up, because my girl, Taryn, she brings the fire. You are going to see exactly what I mean. This woman was born to stand out. She was born to inspire, to speak life over people. She was born to be a public speaker. Like She is just literally born for this. But you will hear throughout our conversation that it hasn't always been this way for her. Taryn is someone who has been in what she calls the valley. And she talks a lot about being in the valley of being so stuck in her excuses and overwhelmed by imposter syndrome and like the mean girl and the doubts and the fear and how she overcame that. So if you're someone that's ever felt like you're just in the Valley and you're just so unhappy with every single area of your life, this conversation is going to give you so much permission. 
Taryn and I actually met through Instagram and we worked together in a one-to-one capacity for six months. She was a private client of mine. And during that time, we navigated through one of the most challenging periods of her life. And she shares a story of how she walked away cold turkey from an 11 year career and money and success and fame and all the things that she thought she wanted to actually shift into what was really on her heart and her purpose. She talks a lot about the difference between success and happiness and how that her definition of success and happiness has changed. She talks about what it means to be chosen and anointed. And you will hear throughout this conversation, how deeply committed she is in her faith and her relationship to God. And lastly, she shares a really beautiful story of healing her need for approval that all stemmed from an abandonment wound of being abandoned by her biological father. This is such a beautiful, heartfelt, powerful, powerful episode. Taryn Sarcone is a Christian life coach, motivational speaker, and author. She is the host of the wake up with Taryn Sarcone podcast, where she records twice a week in front of a live audience. She helps unfulfilled women identify the devil's voice in their head that is holding them back from greatness, ditch comparison once and for all, find their God-given purpose here on earth and how to be completely still, which is the opposite of hustle while being in the smack dab middle of God's will for their life. She is currently writing a book titled The Valley that will be available that outlines the exact steps it will take to get out of the pit we find ourselves trapped in and into the light, living a life full of freedom, joy, and fulfillment. Her number one goal is to help women feel better right now, today. Without further ado, let's dive into my conversation with Taryn. Taryn. Welcome to the Boldly Courageous podcast. It's such an honor to have you and such a, um, like a full circle moment, right? To see you here in this experience because our relationship really started in, in a, as a coaching relationship. We didn't really know each other prior. Um, but now I feel like we've built such a, a great friendship and to see you and everything that you've evolved through and the impact that you're making now is so inspiring to me. And I know to the women that, um, you serve and the word that comes up for me when I think of you is just faith. Like you are so rooted in your faith, even when you might not feel that way. Like you are someone who just leads every single thing by faith and it's so unwavering and you're so convicted in it. And uh, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but I just, I love you and I'm so grateful for you being here. Thank you. I'm totally honored to be here. Like when you said full circle, you're so right. I remember when we were coaching and you said one day I'll even have you on my podcast maybe. And I remember thinking like, that's so far away. I'm in no shape to be on a podcast. So it's been a really awesome journey and I just can't thank you enough for having me here. So what is one boldly courageous thing that you've done recently? Well, the biggest thing that I did was quit my dream job and everything that I worked towards for so long. Um, you know, when I started talking to you, I wanted to be successful and I wanted to be happy. And I thought that that only came through a certain channel. And I was kind of forcing myself through that channel because I thought that that's the end of it was going to be happiness and success. And I think that was the boldest thing I've ever done in my whole life. 
was just cold turkey quit my dream job, something that I had worked for forever for the last 11 years. And I was known for this and to just literally quit. Um, I really don't think that most people would be able to do something like that. And my faith is the only thing that brought me through it. Um, honestly, I couldn't have did it without God and just in tapping into who I was created to be and really in my soul, who I was, uh, who I was intended to become and my purpose on earth. And, you know, all of those deep things that are inside of our souls that the world kind of just shuts out. And I think that that took some time to resurface, but just to realize like, this isn't who I am. And the life that I have for myself is a lot different than what it looked like in that moment. So you mentioned success and happiness. And I want to talk about those two things because for a lot of people or, and for what you're saying, it sounds like those are two different things. And so I would love for you, if you could maybe share what your definition of success was when you were in that old um, career and what your definition of happiness was then and how you define success and happiness now. Yeah. Wow. Two totally different things for sure. I used to think they were together. And I think that once I achieved my definition of success was making money and I just attached happiness to it, thinking when I was successful and making a lot of money, I finally would feel like I've made it. I would finally feel successful. It was really this feeling that I was after. I thought it was after a bank account balance. But when I had the most money I'd ever had in my life and we had achieved everything, I was the most miserable I'd ever been. Um, I mean, I was journaling about wanting to end my own life, feeling isolated, feeling alone. I was journaling, writing, if I have everything I've ever wanted, why does it feel so terrible? I'm surrounded in a world with so many people around me all the time that I feel completely alone. I feel miserable. And so I think that that, it really was, I'm just such a stubborn person that I had to achieve that my, myself to realize, okay, this is not success. I don't feel successful and I definitely don't feel happy at all. Um, so I kind of had to go backwards and think, why did I think that money was going to give me happiness? And that's really a message that's portrayed in our culture right now. You see every YouTuber and you know, everyone is showing Ferraris and million dollar yachts and you'll be so happy. But when we see celebrities and millionaires all the time ending their own lives and it's, it's just, it's a really mixed message that we have as a society. And I started to see that success is really loving your life, loving your day to day life, not loving your vacation life, or loving your life when things are going good. And it sounds so cliche because I remember people saying stuff like that when I was broke and thinking like, okay, you don't know. When I make money, I'll be different. Like I will be happy too. I promise all my problems are revolving around money. I won't fight with my husband if we have money. I won't stress about the kids if we have money. I won't desire things because I'll be able to buy whatever I want. And it's really just, I think, a trick from the devil to distract us, to get us focused on something that doesn't even matter. 
Um, my uncle passed away from cancer right before I quit my job and him passing was really like just the last straw of me quitting because he had seven kids with my aunt and he was 52 years old and him and my aunt had all these plans for after the kids get out of the house and we're going to travel and we're going to buy a vacation home and we're going to go camping and we're going to watch our grandkids grow up. And they just kept living in the future. And then he died. And it was like, okay, what is this whole purpose? Why, why are we hustling and sacrificing everything that really matters? Like time with the people we love and enjoying who we are and doing things that really bring us joy to just sacrifice to have this thing that we could literally die tomorrow and not be able to bring any of it with us. It's, it's just a distraction. And so I had to learn that the happiness is really coming from being present in every moment, loving who I am, what I stand for. And then plot twist to that was I never realized that when you found that alignment, that the money then comes. You know, I thought that I was just going to be content without ever making money again. Like, I guess I'm not supposed to make money and this is fine. But when you unlock that, you realize that the journey that you've been on in your life is on purpose and your pain can really be turned into purpose and you can relate to people like other people can't because of what you've been through. Mm -hmm. And we all have these talents and skills and hobbies and these things that come easy to us because it's who we were meant to be and we were meant to give that and inspire the world and change the world and relate to the world. And so it's really cool. Cause that kind of came full circle too. And there is just nothing better than to live a life where you feel completely fulfilled, completely in alignment with who you were created to be and just joy, not even happiness because happiness is an emotion that can change, but to true joy where I will literally be driving in my car and just start crying because I'm so happy that I have the life I have and it doesn't revolve around stuff. It's not because I have a Louis Vuitton purse and a dream vacation booked and my dream car. Like it has nothing to do with materialistic things. It's, it's this feeling of wholeness and contribution to the world. It's just the most incredible feeling. Mm. Wow. You are one of the most powerful storytellers. I literally just finished doing a podcast with a woman who her superpower was storytelling. And again, if I could give you a superpower, it is storytelling. The way that you speak is with such conviction and so much certainty and so much self-awareness. And I don't know if you realize that, but being on the other side of it, like I'm moved listening to you speak. And I can tell that this is something that like this message of bringing purpose and happiness together. And like, how do you, or I'm um, sorry, success and happiness. And these two, like, it's, it's something that literally like pours out of you because you just can't deny it. Right. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> what would you say today is the thing that fulfills you the most? Cause you mentioned that word fulfillment. And I know people, um, you know, they can have you know, jobs and careers that they're really good at and they can make money and they can have, you know, they can, it can afford them the opportunity to travel and all that. But like you said, the most successful periods of your life, you were feeling unfulfilled and unhappy. So kind of coming to where we are today, what are the things that you get the most 
fulfillment from? Pouring life into other people. That is the most fulfilling thing. I do it for free. I do it all day long. I just live, breathe. I'm obsessed with it. And it's really because I can see the pain in so many other women who are living a life that I used to live where you're, you're working and you hate your job. Your marriage sucks. You are stressed out as a mom. You are living paycheck to paycheck. So you're stressed financially. Your mental health is terrible. Your physical health is terrible. You don't have friendships. You're just sinking into this pit, into the valley where the world says you should live and keep going, but it's terrible down there. And we've all just accepted, like, this is my life. This is where I have to live. And I wanted nothing more when I was in the Valley for someone to pull me out of it. Someone to tell me, wake up. You're worth so much more than this. What are you doing? Don't believe this. That's a lie from the enemy. That's a limiting belief. That's because of how you were raised. That's a trauma. That's because you were abandoned when you were younger. That's because you isolate yourself. Like I wanted someone so desperately to pull me out and there was nobody there. There was no one there, nobody telling me, Taryn, get up. And I would cry and cry and cry to people in my life and just ask them for help and guidance. And is this normal? And why do I feel like this? And nobody had any answers to give me. And so when I had to find it out on my own, and start seeking out books. And I sought out you and started like, I was like, okay, nobody is going to come and rescue me. I have to rescue myself. And when I started taking the steps to do it and I had terrible anxiety, I was, I was in this office on my knees one day, just crying out to God. Like, why is the devil cursing me with this anxiety? My heart racing, my mind racing. I can't breathe. And why is this happening to me? And then I found out it was because I wasn't connecting with my creator and who I was created to be. I was out running over here. Feel, it's like almost like a dog outside of its boundary where it doesn't know where to go and it's scared and there's loud noises. And then you come back home and you feel safe and calm. And that was really what I was doing. And I realized that, but I now want to be the person that says, I know exactly how you're feeling. Here, read this book. Here, wake up and start doing this. I, I have, I kept a list. I've really created a brand out of my own pain of what I did to get out of the valley. The exact steps I took, because when you're down there, you're helpless. You're also full of excuses. You don't really want help. I give people help and they're like, yeah, but that won't work. And I can't do that. And you don't know my situation. And I tried that and I don't have help. And we're in this excuse mentality because the Valley is really just clouding your brain of how you normally should think. And so when I got out, I realized that the more that I would pour into people, well, actually, when I was still in the Valley, the more that I would pour out into others, the better I would feel. And it was almost like I was coaching myself. And I would tell people like, get up, do this. Uh, and it just, it brought me to life. And that's how my podcast launched because I needed to wake up and set my mind on something greater. I would wake up and just my mind would start spinning and spinning and spinning and worrying and living in the future. 
And so I was like, if I get up three times a week, it was started as five days a week and then it went down to three. But if I could get on zoom with people and I could pour into them, it would make my whole day be different. And I realized through that, that that's really what my fulfillment was, that nothing made my soul feel more on fire than when I was helping other women out of the valley, relating to them, telling them they're not crazy. Cause that was the biggest thing for me. I'm like, am I going crazy? Am I crazy? Should I be in a psych ward? Should I be medicated? Like I truly was like, I'm losing my mind. What is going on? And so that's the biggest thing I tell people. I'm like, you're not crazy. You're not alone. You're not the only one feeling like this. You're actually the majority. And that's just uncalled for. You are not created to just live in the valley and slowly die chained to your addiction or chained to this trauma or this abandonment. Like you are created for something so much more. And imagine living in a world where everybody is in alignment with what they're supposed to do. Mm. Mm. What a beautiful place. Yeah. I mean, we need more, we need more of that for sure. Right. And you talked about no one being there. Like you wish that there was someone there. What was the defining moment for you where you realized I need to make a change? Like no one's coming to save me. What was that moment? And what was the first thing that you did to kind of change that trajectory and and take one foot out of the hole that you were in? Well, I was there for a long time. And I think that eventually you just get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You're sick of talking about it. You're sick of journaling about it. You're sick of crying about it. Um, My breaking point was when I was crying to my husband and I, I finally opened up and told him, I mean, he could see how miserable I was, but I finally opened up and I said, I am, I am in a really bad place. I hate this life that I've created. I hate everyone in it. I hate every single thing. I cannot live like this anymore. And he's a very black and white, tough person. Um, he doesn't struggle with any kind of mental illness and just doesn't understand it. Doesn't struggle with addiction, just um, very different than I am. <laughs> very just level-headed. And he said, well, then if you don't like it, change it. Stop complaining about it and do something about it. And in the moment, that wasn't what I wanted to hear at all. You know, That was like, and you're leaving me and this isn't working. But his words really just sat with me. And I kept thinking like, I can change this. I can do whatever I want. I live in a world where all of the opportunities are available. I just have to figure out what it is I want to do. Um, So I think the turning point was finally opening up and just sharing how miserable I was and hearing him tell me that. And the first step that I made was I actually bought a Bible and I started reading my Bible because I was, I was, I'm no stranger to God. I knew God, that term was always thrown around when I was growing up. Um, But I didn't, that's all I really knew was trust in God and reach out to God. But I'm like, what, what does that even mean? Who is God? And is he the universe? Is he like, what is this? What is the difference between all of this? And I just had this like draw to read my Bible. And now I know that that draw is God drawing you closer to him. But I started reading my Bible and seeing scriptures stick out that I just 
were, was just blown away. I just kept thinking like, no wonder why I felt so bad. No wonder I'm doing everything that this Bible says not to do. Like one of the scriptures in Hebrew says, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. And I was obsessed with money. And I was like, no wonder why I've been feeling so bad. Like this book tells you don't be obsessed with money. And, and it said like, I, if you're weary, come to me. And just all these scriptures about being broken and God healing you and being tired and God fulfilling you and rescuing you. And I just kept thinking like, I didn't even know these were in here. No wonder why I felt so bad. And that's kind of what I clung on to. I made the, this little note card um, on a three ring clip and I started writing down all the scriptures of the promises that God had. And I had made another one for all the scriptures I could find where he said that he defeated darkness. He already defeated it. Like the devil can't have you in his life. And this is what he's going to try to do. And I really just started clinging onto those and writing those down. And um, that was kind of the beginning of my journey. I now turned those into highlights on my Instagram because so many other people, I'm like, this is what you need to do. You need to change the narrative in your head. That's the first step is your mindset. If you have this negative ego in your head, just telling you you're crappy, you're a liar, you're who they say you are, you'll never be successful. You're not chosen. You're not unique. You're not special. This replay in your head. I just, I realized that in order to combat that, I have to turn that off and I have to change what it's saying. And you can't talk and listen at the same time. So I recorded my voice repeating these scriptures and then I would listen to it when I needed to shut my mind off and I would listen to it while I was getting ready or driving in the car or any time where I was feeling really, really deep, I would just start playing and listening to them to just change the narrative in my head. That right there. I mean, everything that you say is always incredibly powerful. And like, I really hope that people take the time to let this sink in. But that last component of, of, you know, you sought out the scripture and you wrote the affirmations down, but then you can't listen and speak at the same time. Like that is so powerful because like you were saying, a lot of, a lot of what comes through us is for us, right? So God places something on your heart or universe or spirit or whatever that you want to go teach. It's like, sometimes you get on your lives or you get on a tangent and it's like, you're, it's not even you talking, right? But you don't, you're not even you're not even hearing what you're saying. And I can't tell you how many times I've gone back and listened to podcasts or things. I'm like, I said that like, wow, that's really <laughs> good. Like I had no idea. Yeah. Or like I've read a journal from like five years ago. I'm like, I had no, I like, I don't remember. I don't have that knowledge. So the fact right. that you had the, the wherewithal to write it, record it, and then it's almost as if God is speaking through you, your higher self is speaking mm -hmm. through you at those moments where maybe you feel less in alignment or less energized or less in your power. Like you are speaking life over yourself, mm -hmm. but and there's something really powerful about speaking out, out loud. Like there's a science behind it. That's really yeah. Powerful. Yeah. Well, when you hear it in your head, 
this negative tone, you're just hearing it. And so when you speak it, you're thinking about the words, you're speaking them, and then you're hearing them. So it's three times more powerful. And your higher self speaking to your lower version of yourself, I would do that all the time, write letters when I was feeling really at a high state. I would write a letter to my lower self and say, like, remember, it's okay. We're chosen to do this. We're going to get through this. If you're having a hard time today, turn on some music and remember dancing makes you feel better. Read this scripture. Like, and it is, it's almost like your sister of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, remember, sis, we got this. Like being there in your own corner, I think is just truly miraculous because so many times we are our own enemy we are the person inflicting the trauma on ourselves we are our own abuser and you have to love yourself and we hear that all the time like self-love and take care of you but truly like what is the narrative going on in your head that is how you're loving yourself or not and I used to hate myself I was embarrassed of myself I remember leaving interactions with people groups of people and I'd be driving home and I would think like, gosh, I was so annoying. I just like kept talking and talking or why would I say that joke? Or why did I even talk about that? Like people probably think I'm so weird or so annoying or I shouldn't have said, like I would just second guess and beat myself up the whole way home. And then I read a quote one time about being you is being the weird, awkward, annoying version of yourself. And I just remember being like, oh, I am weird. I am awkward and annoying sometimes. And I am loud and I overshare and that's who I am. And that's me. And that's amazing. And just kind of stepping into that, owning that was such a freeing feeling because I felt like a prisoner inside of my own body. And just to finally be able to live and be me and not apologize and, and not try to live as a dimmed version of myself. Because when you try to do that, the only thing that it's doing is dimming the fire inside of you. And then that feels terrible. Then that's when you have miserable relationships. You're in a job you hate. You're struggling in every area of your life. So, okay, you're dimming yourself to fit in. But are you really fitting in? No, you don't fit in. And that's why you feel so bad. Mm. So you talked a little bit about excuses. And you were saying that, you know, you had all these excuses that you had to go get over. What would you say is the biggest excuse that you've had that maybe is still a work in progress right now, or one that you've worked or maybe the better question is what is an excuse that you worked to overcome that you're most proud of? I feel like that's the better question. One of the biggest excuses that I always had in my life to, to not change was this is, this career is what I've always wanted. This is what I'm known for. And this is what I'm good at. And so why am I going to quit that to do something different? Like this has been the goal. And my own excuse was trying to keep me in an industry because I was good at it. Mm -hmm. And there were so many people that weren't good at it. And so people would tell me, well, you're so good at this. Like you can't just throw it all away. You've worked for 11 years to get here. You can't just throw it away. This is, this is who you are. And so I realized though, eventually it took a long time. Uh, it took about one full year 
where I started journaling that, that I should leave the industry. And then I was like, well, I don't want to do that. I don't, but I should, but I don't want to do that. I'm not doing that. It was a full year before I actually quit. But I realized that just because you're good at something doesn't mean you should do it. Doesn't mean that you have to do it or, well, you're so good at that. It doesn't matter. There's a lot of things that we're good at, but if you don't like to do it, then don't do it. You know, just because you're good at something or just because everyone else says that you should do it, it doesn't mean anything. You could be a great singer, but absolutely hate singing and hate to get on stage and hate to let people listen to you sing. doesn't mean that you should force yourself to go make a singing career. It just means it's something you like to do by yourself and that's okay. And for me, what I liked to do, I thought that I, it was the industry that I was like, well, I'm so good at this. Really what I liked to do was to coach people in the industry to rise up and do something greater. That's really what I liked to do. And I just thought, well, I could do that without this. It could look a lot different. I could take out, and you helped me to realize that, take out all the things you don't like. What are the things you do like? Okay, then do that. And you, it's like so silly that you need someone to give you that permission and that validation because it makes so much sense. Like, oh, oh yeah, I don't have to do that. I don't have to do this the way that anyone else says to do it. It just do what feels good to you. I I have that visualization of the elephant that has the chain tied around its ankle, right? Because it's been shown from such a small age that like it can't pull the chain, but literally it's like one of the strongest mammals on earth and all it could just literally pull that chain away. Right. But you know, it's, that's the visualization that I get is like, we get so focused on the box that we're in that we don't realize that like there's a whole other universe or opportunity outside of that box. And it's like fear of the unknown. Right. Mm -hmm. So now that you've kind of stepped outside of the box, what is the next sort of, um, challenge that you've been faced by, right? Cause I know it's not all rainbows and butterflies. Like obviously there's things that are, that you're challenged by. So what is the thing right now that you feel the most challenged by? The, the thing for me that it's always been was believing in myself. It was this constant thought in my head of you're not actually going to do this, right? You can't actually do this. And even when I said I quit, I sent in my resignation letter and I was done. And I was, I was faking it until I made it, you know, living every day in imposter syndrome and just feeling like eventually one day it'll stop. It was believing that I actually could do anything I put my mind to. Even hosting my podcasts, I would get off sometimes and think like, who do I think I am? Like, I like have this podcast, like listen to my podcast. Like I'm a host of a podcast. Like how ridiculous, like I can't, I'm not going to be a host of this podcast. Like, I really think this is going to blow up. I really think. And then I had the idea to write a book and I started writing the book and I still in my head feel like you're an author. Like you're going to be a best-selling author. Like you, you didn't even grab, you barely graduated. You failed your English class. you you really think you're going to be an author. Like you are going to be an author. You're going to write a book. People are going to buy it. It's going to work. You're going to go and, and do book signings and speak all over the world. And 
it's just that belief. And that's what a lot of people struggle with. I found as I was talking to them, it's believing you're chosen and anointed. And that's how I started my apparel line because I did it for myself. I wanted, I needed to see the words chosen and anointed in front of my face all day long. It started with post-its. Then I made a necklace that said CA on it and I would hold it and close my eyes. And I would say, you're chosen and you're anointed. Taryn, you're chosen and you're anointed. You can do this. You're chosen and you're anointed. And then I changed it and put it on shirts because I needed to just keep seeing it. And some people have that belief where it's just, I just always believed I was going to be great. And everyone around me told me I could be, and I went and I did whatever I wanted to do. Other people don't come from that. And it's feeling small and comparing and riddled with fear and worry and anxiety. And, and then you just find yourself stuck in that valley and there's nothing great that happens down there. I was going to ask you, cause you were talking about, you know, the imposter syndrome that comes up and, yeah. you know, I'm going to be a best-selling author. Like I'm going to do this podcast. I'm going to put in my resignation and kind of faking it till you make it. And I was, my, my question was kind of, and you kind of touched on it, but I want to go a little bit deeper of like, how do you like, what do you do in those moments? Like, and the mantra of chosen and anointed, it sounds like that's kind of your process. Right. Mm -hmm. But there's still action that has to be taken. So when you're in those moments of, okay, I'm going to become a best-selling author, like your higher self is like, I'm going to do this. And then the mean girl comes up and she's like, girl, there's no way. Right. How do you, how do you navigate that? Because this is a real thing. Like I literally today am going to sit down and write down all of these negative thoughts because I've been hearing them and I'm like, damn, this girl is loud and she needs to be seen. So I'm going to, you know, take some time, but do you have a process or is there a ritual or like, how do you sit with that version of yourself and let her know that like, it's okay. And so that you can get back into the energy mm. of being chosen, chosen and being anointed. Um, so two things, one, I have created my own list and it's actually right on my computer here. And I wrote down all the negative things because it's way easier for us to think of all the negatives. And then I flipped them all and turned them all into positives and I speak them. And I also recorded it on my phone and I listened to that. Um, that was the first thing. Um, it says, I have everything I need with God is my supply. I am chosen and different. And that is great. I will change the world because of who I am. God is building something with me that only a few people understand now, but will be recognized by the masses soon. I am in love with my body and I feel phenomenal. I have incredible willpower. I'm highly sought after. What I'm creating, millions of people will want to be a part of. I am a best-selling author. And then I wrote um, at the end, thank you, Lord, for the life of my dreams that's coming sooner than mushrooms popping up overnight. There's, a, there's an author, Florence Scovel Shin is her name. She actually didn't publish any books when she was alive. She died in the early 1900s. And when she died, her students turned her teachings into these four phenomenal books. And she talks about that and she gives truth statements to repeat. And one of them is my success is coming sooner than mushrooms popping up overnight. And 
for me, I, I think always in the future, I'm a visionary and I'm a dreamer and I can tell you all the things that I've seen and want to accomplish. And it's a blessing and it's also a curse because my mind lives in the future. And so I have to recenter myself for today and being present today and what matters today. I've learned of being in God's will means that you're present, you're in a good mood, you're grateful, and you take good care of what God's already given you. And you do that every day. And that's all you focus on is to be in God's will today for my life be available for the people around you who God needs you in their life. You're taking care of all the stuff you already have showing God, look, I'm taking good care of my house, good care of my kids, good care of my health. You're ready to receive more. He's not going to give us more. For me, I was praying that I became a millionaire, but God was like, if you become a millionaire, you are going to break because you can't even handle what's happening in the pressures here. Mm-hmm. So he knows it's better. We know ourselves, but really if the negative notion in my head in this script is going I'll ask myself is this an emotion that I'm feeling right now or is this just a random thought because especially for women around our cycles and hormones that sometimes it's just not your time to try to create and build and dream and do something If you're in this emotion of, you know, just hormones and your negative thinking, you're really not going to be able to pull yourself out of it. You can't work your way through it. Mm -hmm. And those are the days that I give myself a free pass where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to watch seven episodes of on Netflix and binge watch and lay in my bed and order takeout and love every minute and not be guilty. Cause I never even used to let myself watch TV at all because these hustle people in our culture would say you're lazy. You're, and I can't believe you would watch TV. You have goals. You need to sacrifice now so you can have things later that people don't have. And I never ever would let myself do that. And then what I found is that when I was in those, in those moods, It was just better to kind of take a bath, go shopping, go call a friend, go read outside. Do I even made a list on my fridge at one point of all of the good things that I could choose to do when I was feeling that wave of I can do anything on this list. And it was really just all like the soul care things on the list. I actually learned to love when I was feeling in that emotion because it was a day off. It was a break. And what I found was that taking the day off, I actually would have clearer goals for the next day. I would have, I would be laying in the bath and all of a sudden I'd have like this whole idea of, oh my gosh, I'm going to do my next podcast about this. It was almost like the less I did, the more ideas I had and the more that happened. And so I became obsessed with just doing things that were fun. I used to never had time for that because I have to work, but it's totally backwards. 
the word permission just keeps coming up, right. Of like giving yourself yeah. massive permission to be in that space of play and creativity, because look at children, like children are closest to God or source or universe, whatever mm -hmm. you believe, because they are present. And mm -hmm. when they're present, they can experience pleasure and joy or pain or sorrow or whatever. They can be with the actual experience. I love that you shared that. And I was just having a conversation with a woman. We were talking about this. Um, and she shared with me something that was so profound. She was like, it took her, you know, 30 something years to learn the difference between rest and quitting. Mm. And I know you can relate to this because yeah. we we've had, we've had similar experiences with like hustle culture, right? Yeah. That if I rest, what really, what I'm really doing is quitting. And there's that like undertone of like guilt that if I, I'm not doing this, that I'm quitting, I'm giving up, right. Versus what you're saying. And what we've all come to realize is that no rest is actually part of the plan. Yeah. Rest is part of the strategy because the, when I rest and I give myself permission to Netflix and chill and take a bath or do whatever on my playlist, more ideas come and I can serve in my purpose. Cause I can hear God. Like he can speak to me when I'm mm -hmm. present. And if mm -hmm. I'm in the future, I'm in anxiety. If I'm in the past, I'm in depression. And neither of those things allow me to hear God. Right. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I love that. It really is to me so sad when people think that their works is going to get them to their goal because it's not. You can't just work so hard and get what you want. And I used to say, I can get anything I want, anything I want, I will get it. You watch, I will do it. I can get anything I want. And really what I found through scripture and learning God's word is that kind of mentality. You're idolizing yourself, thinking that you are God, you can make things happen. Your ideas and your timing is the best. And that's not true. It's a lot easier when you chill and let God do it because that's what he wants to do is he wants to say like he used all these people in the Bible like Moses everyone knows who Moses is they have heard his name but Moses had a stutter and he wasn't good at talking at all he was very insecure he was very nervous he was very quiet and he was an awful speaker and God used him to go to the king and to demand that they let his people go. And imagine being insecure and nervous and quiet and having a stutter and God being like, you're gonna go into this kingdom where they just behead people for no reason. You're gonna go in there and you're gonna demand that that king lets our people go. And you get up there and you're like, oh, let my people go. <laughs> like, you're so scared. But he used Moses because he didn't want Moses to get the credit. God wanted to get the credit and he used people, almost every single person that is talked about in the Bible was a disaster of a person. They didn't have skills. They weren't these amazing, fierce people, but God wanted the credit to be able to say, it wasn't your strength that did it. It was mine. And when I believe, when I realized that I was like, well, I can just you know, I'm not going to write this book. God's going to write this book through me. So there's no amount of works that I can do that is going to get the book written. It's God giving me the ideas, 
delivering me the right words to put, giving me the motivation to feel like I want to write my book right now. And it just comes out and I just start typing. Like that's what we have to rely on because that's where burnout comes from. And right now we're in a crisis where everyone's so burnt out. And it's no wonder why everyone's burnt out. Everyone's working seven days a week, nonstop hustle. And then they're wondering why they're so burnt out. I love this idea of like the, it, the it's surrendering. Right. And, <sighs> and the whole of like the whole idea of watch me, right. I'm going to do it. Watch me. I'm going to do it. Watch me. It's like, you and I have talked about this before in some of our offline conversations of these, the two sides of confidence, right. Mm-hmm. Is the one side is like, look at me. And the other side is here I am. Mm-hmm. And the look at me comes from the ego of being like, watch me, I'll prove you wrong. I'm going to, I'm going to show you how worthy I am. But the here I am is like, I've got something far greater than just my own skills. I've got my homeboy, you know, mm-hmm. or my home girl or <laughs> my whole team, whatever you believe in. Right. Like I'm sourced, I'm chosen, I'm chosen and anointed. So here I am. I don't need to posture. I don't need to pretend I'm just in me and whatever is meant to come through me will. And that comes with such a high level of surrender of like trust. So as you've shifted out of this old paradigm and you're surrendering into this new experience of serving and leading in your business, what is the, what is the, the one thing that, um, you've really had to lean in on and trust the most. So I have this incredible need for the approval of others. Um, it's something that I've, I've come out of and I don't believe that I still have it, but it was so strong in my life. And I, it, I realized that it actually came from abandonment issues from when I was younger. My biological father left me, then he came back and then he left again. And then he came back and he left. And, and I knew that there was some abandonment. There was tons of hurt and pain. And I started seeing a therapist and I told her the first day, I said, I am here to get over my abandonment issues with my biological father. I have to get over it. It's, it's holding me back. It's hindering me. I have so much build up anxiety and hatred and resentment. And I know it's just eating away at me. And I learned that because I was rejected from him, I wanted people to desire me and approve of me and need me. And so when I was younger, that looked like being in the popular group and drinking. And um, then when I got older, then it was like sleeping around and wanting that desire from men and drugs and alcohol. And once I was delivered from that and I got married and I had kids, I then turned it into success. And then to me, it was like, wait a second, if I have money and I have success and I can build status, people will approve of me. So the hardest thing about me quitting my job was that it was the only area where people were approving of me. You know, my, my family approves of me, but that's not the approval I wanted. You know, I wanted, I would go and speak on stage and people would run up to me after and I need to talk to you and can I take a picture with you? And 
I would get messages all day long, just thank you. And this was amazing. And it was just that praise and that recognition and that approval that I constantly was receiving from everyone. And that was the hardest thing to walk away from because it, it was the money too, but it was more the approval because I knew that all of this approval was going away. And it was, it's literally the hardest thing for me to have to go through that I healed from that, but it's still that it doesn't matter if I don't get any messages, if nobody showers me with praise and how great I did, I know that I am good just because God says I'm good. So whether the messages are there or they're not, my worth and my belief still has to stay elevated in the same I don't want it to change because I don't want to idolize other people praising me over God. Mm. And it's been really hard, um, really hard because it feels so good. Yeah. You know, when people are just stroking your ego and saying you did so good and you're amazing and it feels great. Part of that is like, the motivation behind it. And the other part is, I, I feel like there's duality in that, right? Because on the one hand is giving yourself permission to receive it, to say, thank you. Like knowing that your work makes an impact is so important. Right. Mm -hmm. But also knowing that just because someone doesn't say to you that you've made an impact, you're still making an impact. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is the hardest part of entrepreneurship and being a content creator and being in this yeah. digital space is that there are a lot of people who eventually will come out of the woodwork and say, I've been watching you for seven years. And you're like, why didn't you say anything? Right. <laughs> but we place so much of our, of our worthiness or yeah. validation in our work based on the feedback that we get, but we're not always going to get that feedback. So it's like, I feel like the most important thing, like you were saying is, are you happy with your work? Like, are you doing it because it's look at me or are you doing it because it's here I am and this is my purpose. And this is like, whether one person says something or 1000 people say something, I'm still here and I'm showing up mm -hmm. and I'm speaking my truth and I'm living in my purpose, not because of the money. The money is a byproduct of that, not right. because of the accolades, the accolades become a byproduct of that, but because like, this is my living, breathing embodiment of my truth. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's hard when you're trying to build a brand on social media where you can see your insights and you can mm -hmm. see who's liked it and who's viewed it and who's commented. And I fall into it all the time. Just last week I started, I posted like five videos in a row that had like 10, 20,000 views and a thousand likes. And I instantly felt like, oh, this is great. This is working. Like, look how awesome this is. And then a couple days later, my video had like 400 views and 12 likes. And, you know, cause the algorithm, nobody can understand. And then all of a sudden I started feeling like, oh my gosh, this isn't working. This isn't working. Nobody's looking at my stuff. I'm not reaching anybody. And I had to really put myself in check. Like, no, it doesn't. I am still doing the same thing last week versus this week. Don't change in your mind how you think it's going based on your insights, if they're up or down, right. but you really have to just embody, this is what I'm doing. The people will eventually come. And in the meantime, I'm going to be ready for the people when they get here, because yeah. so many of us just think I want the crowd. I want the crowd. I want the crowd. Well, if the crowd came right now, could you handle the crowd? Oh. No, because you know, like I've talked to you before about mm -hmm. 
I want to be a motivational speaker and be on stage and, and sell out the MGM and on a three-day soul revival with all these women. And I want to go viral and reach millions of people on Instagram. But what comes with that is also the naysayers and the hate and people ripping you apart and tearing you down. And, and I'm not at that level yet where I can just let it all roll off my back and it's no big deal and don't care. I would be just like broken by what people are saying. So I know that I'm not ready for that yet. So instead of focusing on the crowd, I'm just going to focus on being ready for when the crowd comes and I am ready for that one day. That's so good. And and just to go back to what you were saying about like the 10,000 views versus the 400 views, like 400 people still saw that video and imagine having right. 400 people in an amphitheater. Right. And sometimes like I, I, totally catch myself doing this too. I'm like, oh, well that one didn't land or I have to use this music because it's trending and I really want the reach. Right. But it's like, is that coming from a place of look at me or here I am. And, 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 and it can also be, I, this message is important and I want to make sure that I'm using what I can to amplify the message, not because I need validation, but because I want it to be accessible, right? There's always right. multiple points of view, but sometimes I think that this message was only meant for 400 people. Yeah. Like it's so potent. It's so powerful. It really wasn't meant for the masses. It was really only meant for a select few and the ones that are meant to hear it will, mm-hmm. you know, like sometimes things are just so deep that they're not going to be received by everyone. Yeah. It's okay. That's a good thing. Right. It's a good right. thing. Yeah. So let's talk about the ways in which you serve now, because I know that there's people listening that are like, okay, how do I get more of this woman and her fire and her gifts in my life? Because you're so talented and you're so gifted and you are so inspiring. Like how can those who are wishing to go a layer deeper with you do that? So there's two ways. Um, I host the Wake Up with Taryn Sarconi podcast. You can listen to the recordings on Apple Podcasts or anywhere that you listen to podcasts. I also have a way for you to get on live as I record those where you can be a part of the community. And um, just going to my Instagram and clicking the link in my bio, you can access all that information to join us live and to be a part of the community. If you're feeling isolated and alone and you need to wake up and be accountable and get on the zoom and show your face. Um, that's been amazing to be able to be on there. We just recorded our 73rd episode this morning. That's amazing. So, yeah. So they're, they're designed to listen to in the morning, wake up, set your mind on things above. Um, the second way is I launched a course called find your purpose. And it's five videos and it's for the person that is looking to figure out what they even want to do. Um, you know, it's so many people that are 30, 40, 50 are like, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up. And yeah. that's a really common thing. Like yeah. most of us don't. And so if you have no idea what you want to do, but you know that there has to be something bigger in store for you that course is designed for you to go through and to learn who you were actually created to be, what God says, what happened in your life, what's your story, what's your pain that you can turn into purpose. And then the very last video I love because it teaches you how to build it all on Instagram. If you want to start a brand on Instagram, 
it talks all about what your bio should say and your highlights and your profile picture and how to create it and set it all up. Um, because, you know, it is such a great way to be able to reach the masses. You know, I live in a super small farm town in Michigan and no one around here really wants my course because they're all farmers and old and, you know, but it's a great way to reach millions of other people throughout the world that know that they were made for something more. So, um, I recommend everyone start there. Um, because I mean, really you need to know who you were created to be in order to move forward from there. Mm. And social media is how we met. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I loved this conversation. It flew by. Um, I can't believe it's been an hour and I feel like there's, we've just barely even scratched the surface with your message and your life and their story. And so for those that are feeling moved by this episode, please connect with Taryn, get into her podcast. Um, I can't imagine a better way to wake up in the morning. I mean, the fire that you bring is just, it's undeniable. Thank you. Okay. Last question. What are <laughs> okay. you celebrating today? Oh, this question always. Um, I'm celebrating the fact that I recorded this podcast with you because it's been a long time coming. And to me, it's not just recording the podcast, but it's being the right person and the right frame of mind to do it. Because like I said in the beginning, when you said one day we could record a podcast, I just felt like that was so far down the road that I'll I'll never be someone that anyone would want to listen to. I was just so toxic and depressed and miserable and had no idea who I was and had no idea what I wanted to do. And it's just really great to be here because it's not only to be on the podcast with you, but it symbolizes my wholeness. And I know who I am and I know what I'm doing and I know who I want to be and what I'm creating and I am on the top of a mountain versus in the deepest valley. And it just feels so great. So that's definitely what I'm celebrating. That is so beautifully said. I feel like for the amount of time I've known you, that has been the most, uh, the easiest and most embodied celebration I've, I've heard you share. So thank you for that. I love you. Thank you. I love you too. All right. If you love this episode, which I know you will, because it was incredible, share it with someone else that you think would love to hear it. Make sure you give Taryn a follow on social media, check out her podcast and her program. And until the next episode, live your boldly courageous. Thank you so much for living your boldly courageous life with me today. I am beyond grateful for you and this amazing community we are building together. It's truly my mission to get this message out into the world and empower others to step fully into the life they've always dreamed of. I would be so incredibly grateful if you would join me in this mission by sharing this episode with your friends and heading over to iTunes to leave me a five-star review. And until the next episode, remember to live your boldly courageous life. <laughs>